word tonight. Amen. Amen. Lord's going to help us. We're going to do so. We're going to see some good things tonight. Um, I believe uh, believe I've heard from God on what 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 to teach on. And if you don't like it, then you can talk to Him, right? <laughs> All right. Or or else you can say Dave really missed that one. So we'll go one direction or the other. But uh, you know, a lot of the things that we as faith people believe are just truth. You know, we believe that God wants us prosperous, and that's just true. We believe God wants us well, and that's just true. You know, we believe that we can say unto the mountain and be ye removed, and it'll be cast, and that's just true. Those are just truths, and we're not going to stop believing those. But you know, a lot of the stuff we believe just makes very little difference if the only person you're believing for is you, and the only person you're thinking about you, and the only thing we're doing is for us. You say, well, Dave, haven't you taught on this before? I'm sure I have. <laughs> but I've never exhausted the Word of God yet. Amen. And I don't think we'll exhaust it tonight. Right. Right. fact is, probably as long as I'm around, we'll, we won't come close. But we will, we will get out what he, what he knows and what He wants to show us. Let's open our Bibles up to John 13.35. And we'll start there. But we're going to look at a lot of scriptures tonight, and uh, believe God with me, um, because He speaks a lot better than I do. He's not boring at all, whereas I might be. But the anointed Word of God is never, ever, ever boring. Amen? And, and it's always useful, and, and I so love it. John 13 and 35 says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. And that's a big if, right? People say, well, you know, I just love all my brothers and all my sisters. I just, I just love them. Do you? You know, and I, and I don't think he's saying have the feeling of love one to another. Right? I don't, I don't believe that's what that verse says. He's saying if you have and, and demonstrate love one to another. Amen? Having love and telling somebody you love them, that's neat. You know, uh, <laughs> not to pick on my daughter or teenagers of this day, but they tell everyone that they love them, and, that, and that's great. I hope they do. <laughs> you know, I do. But what's, what, what's going to decide whether that love is true? You know, we have Jesus as our example there. If you look up in verse 30, what are we on, 35? If you look up in 34, it says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. How? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. So it's now he's, given, he's actually given some direction before he told us how we're to love one another, the same way he loved us. Amen? And, and that's, that's the important point that you want to get to there. Look at 1 John 3.16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Lay down our lives for one another. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, yeah, He... he he gave his life. He died on the cross. No. He laid down his life in heaven. He, he went from being in heaven, equal to God, 
right? The Word of God. And He said, I'm going to become nothing. And I'm going to leave heaven and I'm going to become just like them. I'm going to lay down my life for them. I'm going to become just like them. I'm going to walk this earth and, and I'm going to die for them. I'm going to lay down everything that I am and everything that I will be for them. Not just for them that were on the earth that day, for me now and for everyone that will come after me. He laid down His life. He said, I, I count this nothing and I count you everything. Glory to God. He made me important that day. Glory to God. He made you important that day. That's a good thing to be, is important to God, because that's your friend. Your friend, and that's what he's saying, your friend lays down his life for you. He doesn't just say, oh, yeah, that's my buddy. Boy, I sure like them. like to put my arm around them and, and, and tell them how much I like them, and, and then I go home. <laughs> no, your friend will lay aside everything that they are to make sure you are everything. Amen? <laughs> it's in, and your flesh don't like it one bit. Okay? Because it ain't ever going to be convenient. Right? You ever notice that your buddy never has a problem while you don't have anything going on and football season's over? Huh? No. That's not when, that's not when they need you. Amen? Your friend is a friend always. And they're ready for anything that might happen with you. They've, see, Jesus, did. He, he just went ahead in advance and reconciled you back to the Father before you reconciled yourself. Right? He just made the path clear, so all you had to do was walk it. Right? That's how, and then He says, you be that way. You make your path clear to help others. At any given time, you be ready to help others, to help your friend, to be a friend. Amen? Right? <laughs> right? It's, and it's not going to be comfortable to your flesh all the time. Right? Because their, you may not even like their situation. But you, and you may not like what they did to get themselves into the situation. That's not, a friend doesn't say, well, yeah, you stupid dummy, what, what were you thinking? You should have known better than that. Anybody ever said that to your wife? It don't work. Huh? And it, and it's, and it has no love, and it has no compassion, and it's not right. Even if they did know it, they didn't know it when they messed up. And they said, well, yeah, they did. Not good enough. If you know it good enough, you won't mess up. Right? People say, well, no, he knew it good enough. No. If you know it good enough, you won't mess up. Right? That's why we don't quit studying the Word. Right? If we, it, right? <laughs> yeah, because we don't know it all. And it doesn't matter how many times you've read that Scripture, there's more there. Guess what? 1 Peter 2.24 will heal you today just like it healed you yesterday and just like it healed you 2,000 years ago. The, the Word works. Right? And, and it's the same Word over and over again. But, but, it, but it's not that I'm going to quit. Well, I used 1 Peter 2.24, so I've used that up. No. No. And you didn't exhaust it and, and you didn't get everything out of it that's there. Amen? And, and the more we grow, the more we know. 
Or how about this? The more we know, the more we grow. Glory to God. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 17. Being a friend. The title of tonight's message is, Who's Your Pal? Proverbs 17. Could have titled it, Whose Pal Are You? Right? You know, because now as, as we're reading these things, I don't want, if, if, if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, they ought to be nice to me, or yeah, they ought to love me, or yeah, they, they, they should start giving me stuff. See, you're not listening right. You need to get, take your ears and turn them backwards because they were backwards to start with. And you were hearing from the wrong direction. We're learning how to be like Jesus, Right? You know, like people always say, well, yeah, you, I'm poor. You ought to help the poor. Well, what are you? Are, are you are you saved and born again and rich and has He made you all these things, or are you poor? You can't be both. So what you claiming? Yeah. Right? And they're saying that, you know, you got people all the time saying, yeah, they ought to give to the poor. I'm poor. Well, as long as you call yourself that, you will be, and we we will have to give to you. But we don't want you to stay that way. Because Jesus was made poor so that you could be rich. Because He's your friend. Right? Your friend gave up His riches and became poor for you. He, he, he didn't go through a day where He thought about Him. <laughs> Wish uh, Anybody in here say they hadn't done that? I, I'm not there yet. I'm going. I'm going there, right? I'm going there. Proverbs 17, verse 17. A friend loveth in good times. Oh, all times. See now, seems like sometimes we get it the other way. As long as things are okay and they ain't whining and they ain't crying and they don't have any major problems, we can love them. Right? But if they got issues, right? And their family's got issues, and their kids and their dog ain't doing the right things, and if that's when you want to stay away from those people. You don't wait. Put their number in your phone with the name on it. So when they call, you can decide whether or not you actually. Do I know too much about this? Is that why y'all will be laughing at me? Yeah, put their name down, and so that when it comes up on the screen, you say, Ooh, I don't have time for that. I got chocolate chip cookies in the oven. I got a football game brewing on the TV. You know, there's stuff going on here. They might be needy. Hmm. I'm not saying you answer every phone call. I'm not, because you need to be led, because there's sometimes where it ain't, you ain't got it in you, first of all, to talk to them. Right? <laughs> right? And the other thing is, is they didn't need to call you. There may be both those things happen. But being led by the chocolate chip cookies in the football game ain't a friend. Right? It ain't a friend. Glory to God. And they may call you up and say, you just can't believe what happened to me today and surprise you. Right? Might just surprise you. So, and then you missed your surprise if you didn't answer your phone. A friend loves at all times... And a brother is born for adversity. Being a friend is more than just saying, I really like you. Being a friend is being ready to be there for you 
at all times, like a brother. Not like, not even like your blood brother either, because you know what? I know people that got blood brothers that don't even talk to each other. We're talking about the kind of brother that you are in Christ, the, the kind of person that God's made you to be, the kind of person that can be there, be ready, and be fully equipped to help you at any given time. That's who we are, right? That's who we, that's who we aspire to be, right? And, and we're not going to quit on people. A true friend does not quit. I know I've talked about this a little bit, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Quitting on people, throwing them away, that's not okay. No, there's no such thing as a cull, right? No. You know what a cull is, right? You got this many fish and you got one that's bigger, so you throw that one out. No, there are no culls in the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ reconciled the earth to God. Every person that will ever be born has redemption and has the same chance that we have, the same opportunities, can be the same person. There is no such thing as somebody that, uh, what, what do they say in the military even? Acceptable loss. There is no acceptable loss with, with God. Jesus died for everyone. And if, if God is unwilling that anyone be left, then we should be that unwilling. Amen? And we should be unwilling that they don't have the life that God, that Jesus died for them to have. We should not be able, we should not accept that. Right? Did I make sense? Did that sentence sound backwards? Right? I, I am unwilling for someone not to have God's best. Amen? I'm very unwilling for that. And, and I feel like you guys are too, right? God has a best. And I believe every person should have that. And I, and I shouldn't just be unwilling for me not to have it. I should be unwilling for you not to have it. Right? Because a friend is that way. And a friend will do what it takes to make sure that you do have it. Amen? A friend. You know what a friend is? You know what that word... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Brother. It says... It's, uh, the second part says, and a brother is born for adversity. No, I'm, I'm wrong. This is, the, this is friend. This is what friend means. Brother, companion, fellow, friend, husband, lover, neighbor, and here's one that's just going to catch everybody, another. So if you weren't any of these, you are another. Okay? So I, we just grouped you in here, right? So you are either one of these or another. Glory to God. <laughs> well, boy, what if that read, a husband loves at all times and a husband is born for adversity. You'd have a lot less people walking out their homes, wouldn't you? Right? A companion. That could be like a wife. Loves at all times. And a companion is born for adversity. Right? We don't want to just, we just, you know, that's great that you're a friend and that's your buddy. But your wife, husbands, is your best friend. If you forgot that, remember it tonight. It's the truth. And it's, it should never change. That is your best friend. That is my best friend. She has been my best friend for over 27 years, and she will be my best friend for eternity in this earth. Amen? Your wife is your best friend. Wives, 
<laughs> your husband is your best friend. Now, if either one of us as wives or husbands have not let the other be that, that doesn't make that less true. In this earth, you should have a no greater person to stand with you, to stand by you, right? If there's anybody you can, you can know will never leave you, will never, never talk bad about that's the person you're going to lean to. Amen. I'm not saying you won't have some other friends, but that's your friend. Teenagers, your parents are not your enemy. Even when we've acted like it. We're your friend. Amen? Parents, you need to be that friend. And you need to let them be a friend back to you. I'm not saying you be their buddy and you pal around with them and you do things. No. But... You be there for them. You don't be there to condemn them. You don't be there to push them back, to, to tell them things are bad with them, that they're doing the wrong thing all the time. You tell them sometimes, you know, sometimes you just say, you know what, you are great. And if you'll just be who you are, great will happen. And that's truth. And, and you know what? Everyone needs to hear that from time to time. Everyone. Right? Why? Because you've been made great through Jesus Christ. You don't need the pat on the back. You need to remember it in your ears. Amen? And it's good to hear it from your friend. Glory to God. It's good to hear it from your friend. Husbands, if you don't talk to your wives and tell them how great they are every now and then, do it. Don't do it because they expect it. Then it's no fun. Right? Right? They don't. If they, if they if they leave you a note on the counter before you go to work, says, "Remind me how great I am." That ain't gonna work out. Amen. But a friend is born for for adversity. A wife, a husband, a friend, whatever one of these, or if you're another, we're the ones that are gonna stand. We're the ones that aren't gonna quit on people. We don't care what they're going through. I don't, you know what? When here's when I really want somebody to stand with me is when I've quit. They can't. Amen. When is the most important time to have that friend standing? When you've quit, when your heart is about to faint, when you're about to drop, and they come up behind you and say, hey, you're not quitting. Hey, come here. Come here. No way are you quitting. We are going to get through this together. i got faith in you. I've seen what's in you. I know better about you. I will not give up on you. I'll be right here. And they say, no, I'm a scum. I'm the worst. You Get away from me. I don't want to make it anymore. And that's when you stand all the more. Amen? Because that's what friends do. And they say, well, you know, you know I've messed up and I did this and I did that, and you know me. And they say, exactly. I also know that you're a man or a woman of God. I also know that you've got a call on your life. I also know that you're going to make it. I also know that the Word of God's true concerning you. Amen? I know that the gifts and the calls of God are irrevocable. And I'm believing for you and with you, and I'm not quitting ever. That's the kind of friend we want. Quitters aren't good friends. Right? And if you're willing to quit on people, you'll quit on yourself. Amen? We don't want to be quitters. Right. Why? Because we want to be there for others. It's not about quitting on you. Right? It's about quitting on others. Right? You guys are looking at me funny. Did I say something wrong again? 
Quitters, quitters, don't, quitters don't help no one. There you go. There's your good English. I'm sure I've said a lot more than that tonight. But quitters don't help no one. Why? They quit. You can't quit and help someone. It's people who are willing to encourage, to exhort, to, to build up, to stand with, to sit by. If all you do is say, oh, you think you're going to quit? No. Oh, sure, you can sit there and cry all you want. I'll sit here right with you because we're, we're going to make it. Guess what? I don't know. Don't, I'm not listening to what you say. I'm listening to what the Word says about you. The Word says you're going to make it. The Word says you're overcoming, you're coming through, everything's going to be fine. That's who we are. That's who we are. Right? Don't you want to be that? Amen? Until the football game's in the fourth quarter. Right? And, and they're getting ready to go to overtime. And the phone rings. Or you get a text. Right? You, don't, you know what you do then? You act like nothing's going on in your life that's more important than them. And you know what's really hard? To act like nothing's going on in your life that's more important than them. But the God graces us to do this. He's not asking unbelievers to do this. This Word was not written to unbelievers. The Word of God is written to believers. Right? It, it, that's why you don't have unbelieving wives submitting to their husband and unbelieving husbands loving their li- wives like Christ loves the church. They're unbelievers. It's not written to them. They can't do it. It's good principles, but there's no grace. With us, He tells us to do it and then puts the grace on our life to do it. Glory to God. We are graced to be friends. True friends. Not the kind of friends that hang out with the prodigal son when he had the money. Right? Everything going good and you're buying dinner? I'm coming. What? You're out of money? Got some people over here. New friends. Now, we're the ones that are going to call and say, what happened? What? What? The police got what? You got who? The doctor said what? Your marriage is where? Your kids are what? Oh, no. No, no. We'll come up. We'll be right there. We, oh, yeah, you're going to make it. Yeah, that's, what, that's who we are. We're born for adversity. Right? Right? <laughs> People say, I don't really want to get involved in adversity. <laughs> yeah. You're in the earth. Guess what? <laughs> what did Jesus say? In this world, going to be some trouble. But fear not. I've overcome the world. Amen? Amen? See, he, he was the best brother. And he was the first brother born of many. Amen? And we are his brother. Glory to God. And we can be just like him in the earth and to one another. Amen? And if we can't do this for one another, then we won't show the love of God to the earth to the world. Amen? That's why it's important, right? Glory to God. So we'll do it. We'll do it. You want to hear some other versions of that? Here's the Amplified Bible. A friend loves at all times and is born as is a brother for adversity. Here's the B- basic Bible something, BBE. <laughs> they, don't, they just tell you BBE. Basic Bible in English, I think. It's a good thing because I can't I don't know if I can read English. A friend is loving at all times and becomes a brother in times of trouble. Why 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 do they say it like that? Because not only do you love at all times, but you'll get right up next to him 
when trouble comes. You won't run away from them. You won't shy away from them. Then when the skunk sprays them, you're there. That's a brother right there, huh? It don't matter how bad whatever they're going through stinks, you're going to sit with them. If they're sitting in the garbage pile, you're sitting in the garbage pile with them. You may be saying, hey, I don't know what you're doing in the garbage pile, and I don't like it here, but I'm helping you out because it stinks, and you're stinking with it. But you're in the garbage with them, right? Here's the Douay Reams. I couldn't say that. (laughs) You reckon they'll ever come up with the BBH, Basic Bible and Hillbilly? I don't know. I'll, I'll, probably, I'll probably get that version if they do. <laughs> he that is a friend loves at all times, and a brother is proved in distress. Proved. You know, you, and I was talking to Kim about this today. Love is not there to be proven. You don't do things for people to prove you love them. You love people so you do things for them. Right? People say, well, Christ proved His love. No, He commended His love towards us, and that proved that He loved us. He didn't do it to prove He loved us. He already loved us. He didn't need to prove it. Right? But His love compelled Him to die for us, and it proved His love. Love love will be proven, but you don't do things to prove love. Right? If somebody comes up to you and says, why do you love me? You don't have an answer. You don't. You don't. Why does God love you? What's the answer? Because He does. He is. There's no answer to that question. He He loves, therefore you get loved. Right? It's like saying, why do I get wet when it rains? Because you're in it. Right? That's what love does. And that's what friends do. Friends don't have to prove to you that they're friends. They're always there when a friend would be. They're always there when a brother's net needed. Amen? Amen? Amen. You know, because too many times we're, we're calling on the church or we're calling, it's, this is a brother. It says a brother. It doesn't say 18 brothers and three pastors. It says a brother. Right. And everybody has a brother. Got lots of them. Who knows which one it is going to help you? Right? right. Who, who volunteers to be a brother? Right? I'll get all of you before it's over. <laughs> Convenient or inconvenient. Amen? Let's look, how, let's look how a brother acts. Amen? Genesis 13. <clears throat> Is this okay tonight? Yeah. That's good because I'm not sure what I'm going to say till I get out here. The Lord helps us a lot. Amen. Shows me shows us new things while while we're teaching them. Amen. Genesis thirteen um, is the story of Lot and, and Abram and Lot um, when, of course, they went out and God blessed them. God blessed Abram, and Lot was with Abram, and because Lot was with Abram, Lot was blessed. And they had lots of stuff. They had too many cows. They had too many flies. They had too much gold. They had too, they had too much. They had too much stuff. And in verse 6, it says the land wasn't able to bear them. That they might dwell together, for their substance was so great. That's our God. That's the God we serve. 
Same God. Guess what? The same blessing that was on Abraham? On me. On you. That's right. That's the God we serve. Their substance was so great that they couldn't dwell together. That's a lot of substance. Verse 7 says, And there was strife. Was that's what, yeah, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abrams and Lot's herdsmen, and they didn't. Like, they were mad at each other. It's not enough room. Getting, getting mad, getting offended. They're, you're in my place. I need to be there. You need to be somewhere else. Get out of my way. We're better than you. There was strife. So Lot went to Abram and said, "Oh, we can't have strife." No, Lot didn't go to Abram. Abram went to Lot. Hmm? Abram said, let there be no strife, I pray. Right? Why did he want there no strife? He said, he probably said, well, because the Lord won't bless us if there's strife. No, he didn't say that. Because friends aren't, that's not what they're concerned about. Friends are concerned about the person getting ready to get in strife. Why? Because they know what strife will do. It'll separate you from God. Right? It'll separate you from the blessing. It'll take you away from your abilities in Christ. And, and it, it will do nothing good for you. And that's why Abram, his friend, his brother, people say, well, no, he was his uncle. We'll look at that. Right? Went to him and said, oh, we can't have strife between us. Right? And, and he said, and then Abram makes the offer. Not Lot. What? Why, why didn't he go to Lot and say, hey, make me an offer. Come on, man. You, you guys are getting mad at my cattlemen. Uh, you know what's up? They don't have any right to get mad at my cattle, my, my, my herdsmen, whatever they're called. Your, your people got no right to do that. I'm Abram. I'm blessed by the Most High God. You wouldn't be blessed if it weren't for me. I'm Abram. He didn't say that. Why? Love doesn't demand its own way. A friend loves at all times. When the herdsmen are arguing and there ain't enough room and things aren't going well and it's hot and it's yucky and it's sticky and everybody's calling each other one other names, no, friends don't do that. They say, hey, let's find a way to fix this. And Abram, he said, hey, there's land. Look at all, is not the whole land before us? Separate yourself. Separate yourself. You, uh, if you take the left, I'll take the right. If I, you take the right, I'll take the left. Basically, Abram, well, he didn't have to do that. He did not have to do that. But he did. Why? Because he's a good brother. He's a good friend. He's a peacemaker. He's not willing for there to be strife. He's not looking out for, for Abraham. Or If he was, he would have chose first. He just said, hey, the whole land's over here before us. I'm taking this. You have anything else you want, I want this. He didn't even choose. Why? Because he's walking in love. Friends walk in love at all times. Right? We're not talking about this manipulation thing where if I say this, they'll say that. You know, Abram wasn't thinking, well, maybe if I just say this, he'll say, well, I'll take the bad land because you're Abram. And I, He didn't care. He wanted strife gone. Right? That's what was important to him. He wanted strife gone. Why? He loved Lot. 
He knew what it would do to him. Amen? It's truth. That's, that's the kind of friend you want. I remember when I used to chew skull. I know, I know it surprises you guys. I, I, I don't want you to think I'm perfect, so I'm just going to tell stories on myself. I chewed skull for years. Started chewing skull when I was 12, I think, or 13. And chewed it for, gosh, up to when I was teaching five or six Bible studies a week. Still chewed it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't anymore. <laughs> Quit looking at me that way. <laughs> Restore me gently, please. <clears throat> but I remember, you know, I'd hide it from my mom. And my mom was a good friend. She was a good friend to everybody I ever knew she was a friend to. She didn't care when they called, what they needed. She was going to do whatever she could. And she never quit on anybody. She was a good friend. And she always found something in the Word to encourage you. That's a good friend. And so I was doing skull and she found out about it. She stopped me one day and she said, I love you just the way you are. She goes, and I'm not even concerned about what that skull will do to you physically. She said, what I am concerned about, however, is how it will separate you from God. And she said, I want you to remember it because these kind of decisions will separate you from God. And years later, I looked back and I thought, that is the day, that is the season where I began to walk away from God. <laughs> gets quiet when you talk about stuff like that. Wow. Get serious for a minute. But what was good about that is she was willing to tell me, but then stand for me, that I would, that I would come back, that I would see it. She planted it in me and she left it there. She didn't say, oh, he's chewing a can a week. He's chewing two cans a week now. Now he's chewing almost a can every day. Ah, he ain't going to make it. I'm quitting talking to him. No, she never did that. She stuck with me. She stuck by me. And she stayed on her faith that I would be the man of God that God had called me to be and that I would do all the things that He had for me to do in my life. Glory to God. And, and I thank God for that. But that's a friend. That's somebody that's going to put herself aside. She knew it was going to make me mad when she told me, and it did because I was a big baby. And she didn't care why she loved me too much. She didn't tell me mean. She told me nice, but it's still, I mean, I'm fleshy. I want my way. Y'all ain't ever been that way, so don't do it. Right? Stay, stay, stay the perfect folk you are. It's a good way to be. But Abram was concerned about Lot. Why? Because he knew where Lot's blessing came from. He knew that Lot was blessed because he stayed hooked with Abraham, Abram at this time. And, and he was not willing for him to lose this if there were any way for him not to lose it. But Lot made his own choices. Lot lifted up his eyes and he said, that's good stuff there. He should have said, I'll make sure Abraham gets that. But he didn't. He looked at financial gain, right? He had to be. Why, would, why else would you want the good land? He was worried about Lot. Because that's what not friends do. Unfriends. He was an unfriend, an unbrother. Amen? You ever been an unfriend and an unbrother? Sure you have, but you're not like that anymore. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. He chose the best. He, he chose the best that he could see. 
and did not think one bit about Abram. And Abram said nothing about it. Abram said, okay. And he, why? Abram's not worried about it. God told him everywhere he put his foot was going to be blessed. (laughs) He's not not concerned about Abram. He's concerned about Lot. People that know God can be a good friend. Why? Because you're not spending all your time worried about what God's going to do for you. Why? You already know God. He's good God, good plan. That's what I'm going to have. I'm going to make sure everybody else gets it. Right? Abram wasn't concerned. So they separated. Hmm. Well, let's go down to chapter 14, Genesis 14. Some uh, mean dudes got together, about four or five of them, and said, we're taking Sodom, and we're taking people. And uh, they made a little mistake here in verse 12. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. Verse 13, And there came one that escaped and told Abram the Hebrew what had happened. I don't need to read all the rest of that. They told him that he took Lot. And when Abram heard that his brother... What? I thought you said it was his son's brother. No. Why? Because now he's in trouble. Abram just became a brother. Amen? Now he's in trouble. You just messed with my brother. The brothers are born in adversity, right? Some adversity is now coming, right? And it's not, it's not about my son's brother, right? It's like in the prodigal son where he said, where the, where the son that was out in the field said, and your son, he didn't say my brother, did he? He should have came home and said, oh, my brother. Instead he said, your son. Abram said, Abram found out that his brother was taken captive, and he and he armed and trained his. I mean, he he just went and and started an army with what he had. He says he armed and trained his own servants, the ones born in his own house, three hundred and eighteen of them, and they pursued him. This is what a brother does. This is this is a brother. It's not about who was born in your house, amen. It's about who you love. It's about who you're willing to stand up for and stand up with. And, and, and what, he didn't say, hey, Lot made his own choice. The reason he's there is because he chose to go to Sodom. He took the plane and, get, and told me to take this. He, don't, he deserves everything he gets. You ever said that? You ever said that? I didn't have to look. Could have. Abram could have said, see, I was right. Got in strife, went off his own way. He's messed up. Made his bed, let him lie in it. Friends don't do that. Say, let him learn by not eating. Well, there comes a time for that, but it ain't the first time he's hungry. All right? You guys still with me? Thank you, Lord. No, he didn't say any of that. He was a brother. He said when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he trained men and then he divided them against them. And he and his servants by night smote them and pursued them. And then apparently they beat him up pretty bad. Verse 16 says, And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother. Why? Born in adversity. 
He didn't quit on him. He didn't, he didn't say, you know, he didn't bring him back and say, okay, now you owe me. You messed up. Right? I said, brothers, don't do that. Right? You don't, somebody doesn't owe you because you help them. They don't owe you a thank you. They don't owe you an apology. They don't owe you nothing. Right? <laughs> People don't like it. Well, it's only polite to say thank you and I apologize. They don't owe you that. If they give it, great. You know what? I don't like apologies. I like fixed. Don't tell me you're sorry. Fix it. I love you just as much before you messed it up. Sorry fixes zip. (laughs) God didn't say, tell me you're sorry. He said, ask for forgiveness. That's not telling him you're sorry. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying you're sorry, by the way. Say you're sorry all you want. <laughs> you can. If you want to apologize, apologize and sorry are the same thing in America here, especially in Branson. <laughs> Unfriend is also a word. Glory to God. He didn't do this out of duty. Friends don't do things out of duty. They do things out of love. People say, well, it, it, was my, it was my brother's son. I had to help him. No, you didn't. Right? People say, well, you got to do that. You got to do this. It says you gotta, God says you got to do it this way. You got to do it that Duty. God doesn't even want people doing stuff out of duty. He wants people doing stuff out of love. Duty is not... I, I don't, I, you know when somebody says, well, I'll, I'll do it, but I won't like it. Well, then don't do it. For sure don't do it for me. I don't want anybody doing something for me that don't want to do it. Or they got to do it because they're only being obedient. That's great if you're two or three. I was really glad when, when Ramsey would obey me when she was two or three. But now I want her to do stuff because she loves me. Because she trusts what I say is in her best interest and that she loves me. I don't want to have to say, you do it this way or else. You guys get quiet on me all of a sudden. Right? Friends don't do things out of duty. They do things out of love. Their concern is for the person. Amen? And, And a brother is born in a time of trouble. In a time of trouble, love never fails. Duty could be beat up. Right, right. You could right. Soldier could soldier could lose his battle. Right. Love never fails. You walk in there in the power of love. You walk in there determined to win because you love them. Determined for them not to lose because you love them. You're going to come out of there victorious. Amen. We we got to be unwilling for others to lose. Amen? This isn't about us. Right? You guys still with me? Proverbs 18.24 I guess you guys know, if you follow the story of Lot and get clear over to 19, you just see that Lot's life never did go well after that. Right? I mean, he went back to Sodom, which is amazing in itself. Lived there, most evil place he could live. Ended up having to leave and losing his wife. And Abraham was still lobbying for him. He was one of those righteous that 
Abraham was lobbying for when he said, would you save it if there were this many people? And so him and his two daughters were the only ones that made it out. Lot's life never did go well. Abraham's did. Why? He remained faithful. He remained a friend. He remained a brother. Amen? Glory to God. wonder if Lot would have recognized that if his life might have changed. Don't know. It's not the way the book. It's not the way it's in the book. Amen. Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, "A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother." Rob said it in the first. Jesus is that friend. That's somebody that'll stay with you no matter what. That's somebody that. That's what Abraham did. He stuck closer than a brother. Why? His, his the Lot's family was gone, so he became his family. He, but he took him up. He took up his cause. He stuck closer to him. Jesus stuck, sticks closer to you than a brother. Amen? Amen? Zechariah 7, 9. Well, throw some verses out at you there, Zechariah. But you didn't even know I could find that in my Bible, huh? <laughs> Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. That's true judgment. True judgment is to show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. Right? That, that's what Abram did. Abram forwent his own thoughts because it would have been way easier to say, you know what? He, he, he made the decision. I gave him the choice. He's the one that went down there. He's the one that put himself in trouble. But what he did was he showed mercy and he, had, and he was moved by compassion and he called him brother and he fixed it. And he brought him back and he brought back all his goods with him. Good to have a friend like that, isn't it? Good to have somebody that didn't quit on you because you messed up. Because Lot messed up. But Abram did not quit on him. Amen? Is that the kind of people we got in here tonight? People that will show mercy and have compassion on their brother? Not the ones that will throw them away and say, hey, you've messed up too many times. You've met, this is the twelfth time. Good land, I hope I only mess up twelve times. How many times did Jesus say to forgive them? And that was just a figure that He just wanted to say, you can't forgive them more than they should be forgiven. Right? People say, "Well, does that mean I gotta? Does that mean I gotta trust them and be with them and and then let them be my friend again?" Yeah. Doesn't mean you put the bank robber back in the accounting office, but it does mean you trust them to be your friend again, right? <laughs> I know it's not a scripture, but I told somebody this once, and I'll say it again, and it's still true. I'd rather trust somebody and get messed over than not trust somebody. It's not a scripture. I might find one one day that matches it. But if I don't give them any trust, I don't give them any chance. Right? And if all I'm going to lose out of the deal is, is earthly goods or earthly material or a little pride, because somebody says, see, you, messed, you just let them walk over you. I'm not saying let people walk over you. I'm saying give them another chance. Amen? Everyone got more chances than they deserve to get here tonight. And they need to give more chances to the other person than they think they deserve. 
If you think they're to their last chance, they're not even close with God. Amen? Because if, if that were true, I'd have spent my last chance at about 17. And I'd have never made it here. And most of y'all would too. Right? You wouldn't have had to wait till you got married and had kids and did everything and messed up. You'd have messed up way before that and your last chance would have been over. Guess what? If you think you've made your last chance, you're wrong. God still loves you. you got another chance. You can be forgiven tonight just like you were forgiven before. If you'll just repent and come back, it's not a deal. He will accept you back right where you were. Child of God. He won't even say, well, now you're going to have to prove yourself to be a child of God now again. No. He'll reinstate you. Glory to God. <laughs> is this okay? God's helping us, isn't He? This is who we want to be, right? Jesus is who we want to be like. Right? We want to be like God. We want to forgive on the level He forgives. We want to love one another on the level that He loved us. Amen? We want to do the things for one another that will draw men to Christ. That will show them who we are. Right? And how we show them is by our love one to another. The church looks too much like the world. The picture ought to be so different. I mean, it ought to be night and day. There's too many things that are happening in the world that are just as prevalent in the church. That ought not be. Right? Parents, we need to be excited about the things of God if you expect your kids to get, be excited about the things of God. If you ain't excited, why should they be excited? If you say, oh, i got to do this for God. Life's so hard. God's so hard on me. And your kid's sitting over there saying, man, my dad's a baby, first of all. But I don't want to serve God if that's the way he is. But if you're excited about the things of God, then the people around you will see it. If you're loving one another, the people around you will notice it. Why? Because they're not. The world ain't loving one another. The world's loving themselves. And if it makes them feel better and makes their life easier, that's what they're going to choose. We're not to choose that way. Right? That's, that's not how we make our choices. It's how I like to make my choices. <laughs> right? And it's how you'd like to make yours. This is easier and causes me a lot less stress and uh, really takes a lot less of my football TV time. And uh, that's really the direction. I feel like that's the Lord, you know, because it's easy. So that must be the Lord. Paul would have done nothing, I guess it is. Right? I mean, Paul's ministry would have been over on the first trip. He said, that ain't easy, can't be God. Now don't get me wrong, God's good, and if we'll step out, He'll grace us, and it'll be as easy as if you, right? Yes. Unless you try to go out and do it on your, in your flesh. Say, so, oh, i got to go out and serve God. I'll do it, but I ain't going to like it. Well, if you ain't going to like it, you ain't going to get grace to do it. Right? Willing and obedient eat the good of the land. That ain't just about getting food on your table either. That's about having easy when you do it. Right? Obedient won't get easy. Obedient just get done. Right? <laughs> Romans 5.8 Perfect image of a friend. 
God commended His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God knew we were going to be in trouble, so He went ahead as a friend, as a brother, and sent Jesus already in advance for us. He didn't wait till you said, I need Him. He went ahead and put Him there before you needed Him because you were going to need Him. Amen? He went ahead and then prepared in advance. While we were yet sinners, He by faith gave up Jesus for us. And what was He saying? What was He saying? He's saying, I love you. I believe in you. You're going to come. You're coming in. I, I trust in what I've done for you. It's more than ample, and it's true love. And, and I'm not ever going to pull it back. I don't care how many times you mess up. I don't care how many times it's offered to you and you say no. The next time you come, it's still going to be there. I'll never pull my salvation offer away from you. Glory to God. And then, if we mess up, He put forgiveness in place. He said, you know what? I'm going to put my grace further than your sin. He said, guess what? I don't care how far out there you get, my grace will reach further if you'll reach for it. Why? Because a brother's born in adversity. Jesus is our brother. He's our example. He's the firstborn of many brethren. And God is never unlike what He tells you to be. He's exactly like what He tells you to be. If He tells you to love one another, then He loves you the way He wants you to love one another. And then, not only does He do that, He gives you the love to love one another with. Right? So He, he not only, He says, not only am I gonna tell you how to, to tell you what to do, I'm gonna tell you how to do it, and I'm gonna give you the tools to do it with, and the love to love with, and I'm gonna grace you to be able to walk in it. Glory to God. True friendship. He brought us back while we were still enemies. Jesus, a true friend. A true friend. What did He do? Laid aside His own life, came to the earth, walked the earth as a man, tempted in every way we were tempted, didn't judge. Can you imagine how hard that was for Him? People say, well, He was Jesus. No, He was a man and He had to watch everything we were doing. Now, tell me this. When you get on the strip, do you ever judge a driver? <laughs> when, when, when you go to a restaurant, do you ever judge people that are talking mean to their waitress? When, when we go through our daily lives, we might not find it hard to ju- not to judge because we just do it, so it's real easy. Right? He had the true ability to judge and chose not to. Instead, he looked at us and said, Ah, sheep without a shepherd. Harassed and helpless. He, he looked as a friend. And he, and, 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 he, and he saw the problems, but then he found the solutions. And that's what friends do. That's what brothers do. They say, they say there's adversity. What can I do to fix it? Right? And, and he rushed right in in the middle of my trouble. And he fixed it. Amen? Jesus is a good brother. Amen? A good brother. He came down here, did nothing, was wrongly accused. He died on a cross. He paid. He bore my sickness. He, he took my punishment. He was spit on. He thought of me. 
He was beaten, he thought of me. Tortured, thought of me. Why? Because he was going through it for me. Right? He was doing this for me. This is a friend. Amen? This is this. He was nailed to a cross, he thought of me. Amen? He experienced death. He thought of, he was thinking of it. What's the song? When I was, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind? Yeah. It's true. Why? Because he was a friend. He is the ultimate vision of a friend. Right? And I wasn't acting right. He wasn't saying, okay, well, I see he's coming, so okay, I'll take one more step towards the cross. Yeah, Dave's, yeah, he just did the right thing. No, I wasn't doing anything right. You weren't, they weren't. Right? They were calling him names. They were spitting on him. His, his disciples had scattered everywhere and they, they had gotten completely away from faith. And he didn't quit. And he didn't quit on anyone ever. The woman caught in adultery. Did he quit on her? No. No, he found an answer right there. He, bit, he, he kneeled down on the ground and he got an answer right then and there. Peter, he didn't quit on Peter. He reinstated Peter. He didn't quit on people. He's, he's not a quitter. He'll never quit on you. He's never quit on me. Right? He's a good, good Jesus. Amen? Paid the full price. He, ra- he was raised to life so that we might live. Like I said earlier, made poor so we could be rich. Made sick so we could be whole. Amen? Jesus is a good friend. It's a good song tonight. Jesus is a good friend. So how will we be a good friend? Let's look at a couple ways before we close. Galatians 6. Here's what good brothers do. Galatians 6, verse 1. Amplified. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, kick him out. Tell him he's wrong. he'll He'll never have his place again. And do it because you're over him and this will never happen to you. It doesn't say any of that, does it? It says, Brethren, if any person's overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual, that means you who are in faith right now that aren't having a problem, okay? That don't mean you're spiritual all the time, okay? That means you're a brother, right? That means you're a friend right now. You who are spiritual, who are responsive, responsive to and controlled by the Spirit should set him right and restore and reinstate him without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness. Glory to God. This is what a brother does. It, it doesn't say little stuff. Now, you know, if they stole some candy from the grocery store, told a small white lie just to try to help someone out. No, this says misconduct or sin of any sort. So, I guess you could name your sin. You guys are really quiet on me. This is the Bible, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Galatians, that's in the Bible, right? Why do you want to do it without a sense of superiority? What, what did Peter do? Peter said, 
If everyone else forsakes you, I won't do it. I'll never forsake you. What was he doing? He's saying, I'm better than everyone else. They might do it, but I won't. He put himself in his own position to fail. If he'd have just added, by the grace of God, I'll never forsake you. Because that's the only thing that keeps me and you from being just like the one we're restoring. It ain't your good looks. It ain't your great mind. No, it's none of that. It's the grace of God on our lives that has kept us from being the very person. And, And many times, we are that person. Anybody ever been that person that needed to be restored? I have. And I thank God that somebody was there to gently restore me, right? Because I remember, and I know I've told this story before, but I remember the first time I went back to church and I scooted down the pew and the guy next to me scooted over and I looked at him and he said, hey, lightning may strike there. (laughs) Sounded pretty funny to him, but I thought, man, I didn't realize I was that bad. (laughs) He knew what I'd been doing. I wasn't hiding it. I wasn't trying to hide what I'd been doing. But that, didn't, that was not gentle, and it did not bless me. <laughs> and in fact, as big a baby as I was, it kind of offended me. <laughs> Glory to God. Reinstate, restore. How are you going to restore? When you restore something, you take off all the, the grunge and the old paint and the all chipped up stuff and you sand it back down smooth and you paint it back and you make it pretty and you make it the way it was and you put it back in its place. We who are spiritual, that's what we're supposed to do in all gentleness and meekness. That's kind. That's love. Those are the kind of things that only friends can do. Amen? That's the kind of things that you count on from your best friend. Amen? And your best friend, Jesus, will never fail you on this. Right? As best friends on this earth, we should never fail one another. Amen? Don't, don't, don't be the one that fails someone. And, 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 and we don't want to put ourselves up on that pedestal that we are more superior. Right? That sense of superiority, that's what brought Peter down. That's what's brought you down. That's what's brought me down before. That my mom used to say, never say never. And I know you guys have heard that before. Now I know why. Why? Because you're making it seem like you're so great that I would never do that. Well, I think if you'll read the rest of that verse, it says don't do it for a specific reason. Oh, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted also. In other words, this could happen to you. So, oh no, it couldn't happen to me. You better quit saying that. Say, by the grace of God, that'll never happen to me. Humble yourself. Realize where your power is. Realize where your ability lies. It's not in you. It's not in your flesh. It's in the Holy Spirit and the grace of God and His mercy in our life. That's how we overcome. That's how we get through. Amen? Amen. Don't, don't, don't put yourself in that position. It's not safe. Amen? Verse 2 says, Bear. Endure, carry one another's burdens and troublesome moral faults. That sounds like what a brother's supposed to do. Right? And in this way, fulfill and observe perfectly the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? We said it first. What is it? That you love one another 
as I have loved you. When you do this, you perfectly fulfill that. And you will complete what is lacking. That's cool. In your obedience to it. If you don't care, you can't help. Right? Right? We can, so I've said it in a thousand ways. I mean, you know the one way that it's always said. Nobody cares what you know till they know that you care. Here's, here's just the truth. You can't help if you don't care. You have no ability to help. You have, you have the tendency to fail. Right? You have the tendency to be just like them. But if you care, and I'm not saying worry, I'm saying care, love, compassion, gentleness, meekness, kindness, care the way, the way that God cares for you, then you have the ability to fix all things. You have the ability to help a brother in need. You have the ability to lift them up, to, to bring them back, to restore them and reinstate them. You have the ability to help. Glory to God. You can be the kind of friend that they always wanted. Because I don't care how big a baby you're being, you don't want people quitting on you. You may be saying it with all your heart. Quit on me. Get away from me. I don't like it. I don't, I'm never going to make it. I don't want to make it. I'm the worst person in the world. Blah, blah, blah. And later on you're going to say, thank you for not quitting on me. Thank you for loving me through that. Thank you for not calling me stupid. And that's not, by the way, it's not time to call them stupid. It's not time to say, you know better. You know better. Well, if they knew better, they wouldn't be. <laughs> they may have known better, but today they don't. Today they need help. Get that compassion out. Get that love out. And let's be a help. Amen? Verse 3, if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to condescend to, to shoulder another's load, then you can't be a friend. Let's just put, I can just finish that verse that way. You cannot be a friend and you are deluded and deceived. And you cheat yourself. What about that? You want to cheat yourself? Don't think too highly of yourself because that's, you'll cheat yourself out of being used by God. You'll cheat yourself out of that love that's been put in your heart through the Holy Spirit to, to come out of you and extend towards another person because that's the blessing of the Lord. When He uses the compassion and you lay hands on the sick and they're healed or you give them a meal or you give them encouragement and that person that wasn't going to make it the next time you saw them, they're making it. They're coming through. they got a new car. they got a new house. they got a new outlook. They've got a new hairdo. I don't care what they got. they got something that's making them feel better about who they are and who they are in Christ. Glory to God. That's what we want them to have. Isn't it interesting that it's not far, far down from there that it says, don't be deceived, God's not mocked. And He's been talking about reinstating people and helping your brother. And then He, then he talks about God's not mocked. What you sow, you're going to reap. What's He saying? So goodness, so mercy, so love, so love to one another. That's what you'll reap. Glory to God. That's what we'll reap. Let's look at a few verses about one another. Romans 12.10. This is what the Bible says. It says, Be kindly affectioned one to another. Everybody in here is at least another, right? 
with brotherly love. What, see, now we've got to look at that word brotherly all different now. Because a brother is the one that's there in times of adversity. He's not just the one that sits next to him at the dinner table now. Right? He's the one that's there when you need him. And that's what he's saying. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. With the kind of love that's there when you need it. Right? When the phone rings at four in the morning. And Nancy's saying, why do I have to get up and answer that? You know what? She loves and answers it and then calls me. In honor, preferring one another. Well, I'll prefer them if they'll be preferable. It doesn't say that. You don't, you don't prefer the preferable. It says prefer one another. In honor. Honor means you prefer them. Even what, if you don't think they should be preferred, you go ahead and honor them and prefer them because the Word says to. Amen? Ephesians 4. 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. You notice love is going to be mentioned in all these because none of this works if you don't love. If you don't walk in love, if you're not acting in love, you won't. You can't. You absolutely cannot deal with somebody else's problems unless you're walking in love. You will quit. Why? Because they're messed up. <laughs> they, they are. And you don't want to sit and listen to it, but love does. You don't, but love does. And love won't quit on people. Right? Glory to God. Number th- uh, Verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. can't forgive one another unless you understand how much you've been forgiven. Notice that's why he puts it in there. He said, even as Christ forgave you. If you don't think it took the same amount of forgiveness you're going to have to give to fix your brother, you won't have it to give. Right? It's true. Right? Basically, you're saying, well, I've never done that. I don't need forgiveness. You need forgiveness. I don't care if you've done what they've done or not. You've done something else. And if you think you haven't done something else, you need to read the Bible more. I'll go, what did Paul say on the, in that one scripture? He said, we disagree on this. When I get there, I'll straighten you out. That's, Dave, that's the Dave translation. He said, you do, basically, you don't, you don't believe what I just said about this, but when I get there, I'll straighten out what you don't believe. Forgive one another even as. Even as. On the same level, that's how you're going to receive forgiveness. Right? It's a big deal. Notice that in in these verses it doesn't say to be hard or mean or unyielding in any way. Right? Right? Why are Christians that way then? Why is it so easy... To say, oh, look at them drinking, look at them smoking, they cuss, I don't want to be around them. Well, if they just heard you, they wouldn't want to be around you either. They'd rather be around their drinking, smoking, cussing friends. At least they love them. Christians have been their own worst enemy in some of this stuff. Right? Judging. 
calling themselves better than the person. The only difference between you and them is you received your forgiveness. They hadn't yet. Amen? So if uh, you're unwilling to forgive, you're unwilling to be forgiven. Ooh, that was pretty straight, wasn't it? I love you all. If you're unwilling to forgive, can I say it with a smile and make you make it taste better? Then you're unwilling to be forgiven. Glory to God. First Peter three eight. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful and courteous. That means compassionate and courteous. Amen? I wrote down a few things that he said to do to one another somewhere on the back one right there, on the back of one of these pages. He said over and over again for us to love one another. He said to fellowship with one another. He said to pray one for another. He said to confess your faults one to another. He said grudge not one to another. Judge not one to another. Speak not evil of one another. Exhort one another. Prefer one another. Comfort one another. Admonish one another. Forbear one another. Care for one another. Edify one another. And be kind to one another. He never said quit on one another. Our God is a standing, successful, unfailing God. And He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. And He's our God and our Father. And we are just like Him. And when we choose to do to one another what He says to do, and to not do to one another what He says not to do, then we choose life. We don't just choose life for us. We choose life for others. And we walk in this love, and when we operate in this love, and when we be a friend and a brother, and we refuse not to answer that phone call in the middle of the night, and when we stand up and we go to their house, or we stand by them, or we encourage them, we're being Him. And we're being just like our family. Amen? That's who we want to be, right? That's who He's raised us up to be. We're going to be friends. We're going to be brothers. We've got people in this church, they're going through adversity, right? Anybody know somebody going through adversity? I'm not talking about in this building. They may go to another church. Guess what? If they quit going to this church, they should get just as much love from you as when they went. This is not the church. This is a church. Right? The matter of fact is they probably need more love. Why? Because they feel awkward. Why? I don't know. I didn't quit going here. Right? But we don't just love this church. I don't just love the people of Faith Life Church. I love children of God. Amen? And everybody has the opportunity to be that. Which means I love everybody. Amen? Amen. That's who we're going to love. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Got something to sing?